podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Monday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host, Tony Anderson, and on this occasion, no fun, no games, no nicknames. I'm joined by Joel Sked. Hello. And Ewan Taylor. Hi, Tony. Hello, hello. We're having some slight technical problems, so we're just going to be doing a 40-minute straight in here. No mucking about, no frills, much like the Scottish Cup in general. And with that, we're doing winners and losers. So I'm coming to Joel Sked to ask him for his first winner. My first winner, and it has to be proper Scottish Cup ties. Uh, I have to to talk about Rangers uh, Park Thistle because I I was covering the game yesterday and uh, or on Sunday, and I was uh, pitching up at Ibrox thinking, "Well, this is going to be a straightforward three 0 with the Rangers, and then just easy was get down the road." And it turned into a brilliant cup tie. Thistle were brilliant. Rangers were shit. And then there was so much controversy, so much drama. It was. It just turned into just a really, really fun, captivating, uh, captivating game. And the best aspect about it was the booze from the Rangers fans when they allowed Partick Thistle to score. I have not heard a cacophony like it. It was superb. Ewan. Let's hear yes. from, from a Rangers fan sort of perspective here. Um, how uh, angry were you when they allowed them to score the goal? Oh, uh, furious. Uh, no, I, uh, I, I I, wasn't because I, I thought it was the right thing to do. Oh, God, um, here we go. Right off the Beals uh, the, the script. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, right off the Beals script. But I, I just thought, like, I, to be honest, when it happened, I wasn't 100% paying attention. And I... Uh, I thought, I, I thought that the way that Tillman had scored the goal uh, had wound up, because you know, he sort of did take the piss a wee bit by like skinning loads of players. So I thought that's what the Thistle players were so annoyed at. And uh, and that, and that so I was, raging, I was raging at that. And I do wonder if some of the crowd maybe initially thought that, like, you know, that just hadn't quite followed that the ball had gone, gone out, because I just, you know, I wasn't 100% paying attention. And then... Um, and then yeah, so initially I was I was raging at that, and then when I realised what had happened, which obviously became quite obvious uh, when all the discussions were going, I thought, well, I mean, lads, it's part of thistle. We're going to beat them anyway. That was my position, you know. And it mm. felt, I mean, just maybe there's not enough hubris in the rest of the Rangers support, but I just thought, well, did we? I mean, it's part of thistle. Now, there, there has you, been you, you, you look to this as an opportunity to be sound. You just think you're, you, yeah, you exactly. can maybe change a hundred odd years. Of Rangers, uh, and, and and just letting part of this will score a goal at one time. Well, we are we are the good guys of Scottish football, as, <laughs> yeah. as proven. By There's proof now. Yeah. Else has done this. It was the, the 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 biggest the biggest disappointment for the whole week uh, weekend was Alan McGregor not stopping Tiffany because yeah. it would have been fascinating, fascinating to see what would have happened if just say slid he just slid in and picked the ball up. What? The Rangers players would have done what Bill would have done, just all ten outfield players kind of looking across to Bill, thinking, 
Are you going to tell him, <laughs> or, tell him? Or, or, or are we going to have to go and tell him to just give this all the ball back? Joe, yeah, there's a, there's a... Joe, you've got there's also this idea that Alan McGregor's 41. He clearly didn't want to do it. This is a guy, obviously, it's got anger management issues anyway. And you can see by his behavior that he obviously really didn't want to do it. And he really didn't want to get involved. This is like last chance to add to your legacy. <laughs> yes. It would have been an, uh, the, the Rangers fans would have celebrated wildly, I think, if he'd just smashed the ball away from Tiffany's feet. What can Beale really do? Sub him off? He fucking subs him off every week anyway. He'll take the goalies anyway. So it doesn't make a fucking difference. Uh, would, and would... it would go down as legendary stuff. There would have been calls for a, 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 a an extended four year deal contract if he if he did uh, that. Not only I, did I he think produce he a brilliant be, save, he would have been uh, he would have been lauded by the by the by the Ibrox, uh, Ibrox support. I think he'd have been player manager. That that's what would have happened. I think Bill would have had to resign and uh, Al McGregor player manager if that had happened. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I think he was he was joking, but he obviously was raging, but he was joking. But he, you know, was he maybe a wee bit serious as well? But you think he was joking, mainly just, joking. Just, just before we move on, obviously the game, um, some winners at, at, at Partick Thistle. How how impressive was the the Partick Thistle performance there? The first the first half was terrific, really, really mm-hmm. good. Uh, across across the piece, they were very good, but specifically the first half, just because we set up in a basically a five. Three two, um, mm. system. But Lee Hodson was playing centre midfield, Tony, and yeah, he was okay. just knocking the ball. It was knocking the I ball, don't... knocking the ball about for fun. But it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a like defensive performance. Yes, at the back five, but they were they they engaged Rangers higher up the pitch. They made it really difficult for um Tillman and uh, sorry Hadji and Cantwell. Both were subbed at half at half time, but they also got forward and supported Brian Graham. They would go along to him, and they would have Kyle Turner and Scott Tiffany um, get the ball. And then when they were in the final third, they would they would they would pass it around with them. They were really composed. It was a really impressive performance. Complete at complete odds to Rangers, who delivered their worst forty five minutes on their bill. Yeah, yeah, hopeless, hopeless. I mean, and like the penalty that Thistle got. I mean, I, I, I think it is a penalty, probably in the rules. It shouldn't be a penalty, really, but it is. But that's the sort of penalty that you know, obviously you, you only get with with VAR. But it's actually a pe- it's one of these VAR penalties that you get because of the pressure that you've put the other team under a wee bit. And and Thistle had like you know this spell about five minutes where they were actually like all over Rangers, and uh, and you know, and that's how eventually they get the um the you know they get the the penalty because you know you you obviously increase your chances of getting a sort of random lottery penalty like that if you are in the opposition box a lot uh, and the ball's pinging around in there so so yeah I mean it was one of those where it, it was sort of a out of nowhere penalty but at the same time it, it, it had come from from a good spell uh, pressure from Thistle and it really just like to reiterate to, sorry, sorry just to reiterate Tony Lee Hodson was playing midfield and dominating <laughs> in the half against Rangers and so you're running the show we've got Lee Hodson running the show uh, you've shown me about the three-pronged attack for part of this, so it's causing them loads of bother. But then Ian McCall's getting sacked after the game because um, the way you're talking here, that that team's obviously been seriously underperforming then. If they're, if they're able to do this at Ibrox, uh, but then they've got back-to-back defeats against Cove Rangers and um, they got beat by someone else, did they not recently? Hamilton. Hamilton. Hamilton, Hamilton. Hamilton Ackies, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean... It, it, 
maybe the timing was weird for, for McCall, but it doesn't sound like to me that it was something that the fans are against. No, no, I think the, the, the general consensus is that the fans were uh, bemused by the timing, but uh, they were they were very happy with what McCall done for the club, coming back, taking them back into the championship, giving them a steady base, but their promotion... Um, the promotion push has stalled, and in recent weeks they've looked well off it, or completely different to uh, the performance at Rangers, which were their best in a number of weeks. So yeah, it was uh, as Thistle Board came out and said today. I think it was or yesterday it was um, a decision that was probably taken a while ago, but um, only only decided after they put in a brilliant performance at Ibrox. Right, Ewan, give me hmm. a loser from the Scottish Cup this weekend. Well, I suppose the, the biggest loser of the other than the Ian McCall, who's probably a slightly unfortunate loser, uh, at least for this weekend, uh, probably have to say. But I, I was going to say Stevie Hamill, but I, I think I'd actually say Liam Kelly. Liam Kelly. What a, a disastrous performance uh, for, for Kelly at, uh, against uh, Wraith at the weekend. Almost beat, I mean, he was the difference between the sides ultimately. Uh, when he you know, chucked two goals in, um, and uh, and not Motherwell out of the cup, I mean, yeah, Scotland's next number one. The answer to Scotland's uh, goalkeeping problems is already in the squad. Uh, we were told, um, and uh, I know, no, he's uh, he's just he, he is nowhere near it, and he's actually, I mean, he should be. You'd expect in many ways your keeper, uh, at least of Kelly's reputation, to be playing in a team as bad as Motherwell are, that he would actually look really quite good mm-hmm. most weeks. Mm-hmm. And he's not. I mean, he's he's one of the reasons they're they're in the the trouble that they're in, and uh, he proved that again at the weekend. And yeah, I mean, obviously Wraith were, were excellent, but um, but yeah, Motherwell were just uh, yeah, just a typical Motherwell performance. And it was one of those. Uh, I mean, it was uh, it was going to be more of a shock if there wasn't a shock in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you went into it thinking and almost the same actually with with our growth in the previous round, and it was a wee bit a wee bit of a surprise how how sort of comfortable Motherwell were in that game, but. But this time, um, but no, uh, you just you, you were expecting it, and you know, the the way it, the way it panned out was was pretty um, predictable. The Motherwell were just an absolute car crash. Uh, mm. They had they had to make a triple. Hamilton had to make a triple sub at half time, uh, which is never good. He started with Callum Butcher, who was meant to be the savior to Motherwell's problems uh, at centre mid. He started him at centre back alongside Dan Casey, who uh, in two moments and of um, the whole game summed up the current um, disarray amongst the mm. Thistle team in that he was uh, going to clear a ball from a corner um, but cleared across but uh, he didn't he didn't tell Calvin Slattery he was behind him and then in the second half he um, cleared the ball into the railway stand and then was too busy talking to another Motherwell teammate yeah. when <laughs> Rafe Rovers did a quick throw over his head and created a chance it was just they're just all over the place and but you could pick out Butch, you could pick out Casey, uh, but yeah, kind of on what um, um, Ewan said, it's the senior players, senior players from Motherwell, mm-hmm. two most senior probably, uh, Liam Kelly, and then you've got Stephen O'Donnell. Stephen O'Donnell, my word, from what, two <laughs> years ago? Running, or me. 18 months ago maybe? Um, um, kicking Jack Grealis up the arse to then backing off Jamie Gullen 
uh, who was one-on-one with him, backing off into the box so that he didn't have to tackle. It was just a really, really poor performance. And you count Stevie Hamill as a loser just because it's been an absolute disaster over the last few months. But... I think the, the big winner out of all this might be Motherwell that they've got rid of their manager and they might have a chance now of um, saving themselves from relegation but going by what they have signed, what they have built, what they have done, they are uh, heading for the championship. Right. I think that's pretty conclusive, Mr Sked. I'll stick with you. And let's have another winner, eh? Let's have another winner. I, I just well, we may as well stick with the uh, stick with the Rafe game, and I would like to pick out Dylan Easton. I think mm. it's probably most is probably his most complete performance, or his um, the, the performance at the most higher high standard, considering up against Premiership opposition, albeit the opposition weren't that great. The albeit the opposition plays <laughs> like a League One team. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Which we, we're we, and in League One he tore up last season, but no, he was um, he was Dylan Easton. He's that, found a lot of form recently as well. Hasn't yes, he? he's been really really kicking on. Yeah, he absolutely has, and he has, he's one of those players that when he's when he just finds that rhythm and confidence, he is a joy to watch, as he was against Motherwell. Found the freedom, he almost scored an absolute screamer in the first half, and then he had that moment in the second half where he nutmegged, um, well, who did he, I think it was Ross Tierney maybe, might get my um, player, Motherwell players mixed up, but I think he mixed, uh, nutmegged Ross Tierney and the roar from the Rafe Rovers fan was incredible and he also set up Isma Gonçalves for the uh, for the third goal as well, so he was he was, um, he was just involved in everything and it was it was great to see after his influence with Airdrie that he's um, becoming uh, such a influential player for Rafe as well. Right, Ewan, let's, I, I came to you for lose the last time, so let's stick with the theme. Like, give me a winner. Give me another winner. Another winner. Another winner. Uh, I, I thought maybe uh, Billy McKay. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, what a couple of finishes that was. I mean, I, I think, you know, Shamal George is maybe, maybe the best goalkeeper in the league this season, you could argue. Uh, I think statistically is. Absolutely no chance with all three uh, Cali Thistle goals. I mean, they were they're almost like ri- ridiculously perfect finishes. All of them. Um, the first one, uh, uh, Mackay just takes it so early. I think that he's just not expecting it. It goes right into the, but it goes right into the corner anyway. Um, and uh, Wilshire's header that's off the in- inside of the post, and then Mackay's third one is just ridiculous. The way he reverses it into the, uh, you know, into the side netting. Um, I don't really know where that came from. <laughs> it's not that's not the Billy Mackay that I. Uh, remember, but uh, but fair play, it's a uh, fantastic performance. And- seven, seven goals in eight games for Billy McKay. Now, he must be is he not getting near the century goals for, for Inverness now? Uh, oh, I'll just check, but I, I think it's okay, maybe not the um, Billy McKay that you remember of um. In, in terms of scoring. the relegating, yeah, like the relegating Billy McKay, the you know the relegator era. He was obviously a good player before that, but he was he was a, he was a fucking brilliant striker. Like when he's yeah. in his first first spell at Inverness, he he would often play up uh, play that role, um, uh, lone striker role. Um, at the, at the top, he scored back to back Premiership seasons. He scored twenty seven and then twenty two goals. Wow. Uh, to answer your question, Tony, he is on. I think it's eighty eight for Inverness. Uh, oh no, uh, 92, sorry. I think wow. it's 92. Oh. 92 or 93. I had a feeling I'd seen that somewhere. Like That'll be absolutely unbelievable if there's a player who scores like a century of goals for, for Inverness considering they've been a, they've been a yo-yo club 
over the last year. So they've played plenty of football in the top flight. And as you said, Billy McKay's went away. It didn't always work out for him um, when, when he's not been at Inverness. But he's like, uh, it's, it's lovely to see him right there because he's, he was one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. Joe, when me and you first started doing the podcast where Billy McKay came in, um, he was always great. And even that performance in the cup final, even though they lost against Aberdeen, Still yeah. one of my favourites for because he doesn't. He, you never think he'd be a lone striker. No, but, but he was really, really. He's always been really, really good at it, and it is just delightful. And that that result was was I. I know Livingston have had the the, the absolute woeful cup form, and they've not been to the quarters since two thousand and five or something. But I mean, you and me and you were sitting talking about them. I, I think maybe last week saying they can pick any players they want and it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, they brought Big Obelai back uh, in and he just, uh, yeah. he seemed to be from centre half having like an ongoing battle with the Inverness goalkeeper for shots. But uh, I, I was, I was, I was shocked at the result. I'll be honest. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, in, in, in terms of Mackay is that it's, it would be, it'd be sad for him to be remembered as Billy Mackay, the relegator, considering what he's done for Inverness, considering how good a striker he was. Um, and how important he was for their kind of journey and, and the uh, premiership and, and the way they stayed there and were a competitive team in the top six. So yeah, he kind of rolled back the years, probably scored from further out than he's he Ever used scored. to. Mm, yeah. But the yes, uh, I Obelai and Jack Fitzwater did not have a good game. They were no. uh, they, they they were um, posted missing a couple of times. It was just a really uh, we watched the goals. It was just really bizarre. Um, Passive. Like, that, Sean, that Sean Welsh one. Uh, I, I was having a drink in my house, what, and, and and I flicked over, and I was pretty drunk. But I was, I, I, I was totally wild. I, that that shook me up seeing Sean Welsh. And <laughs> when I was watching the, I was with Mandy, and I was and I was just watching the highlights, and I had to rewatch them again before we came on because I didn't remember them well. But that was one that I didn't strike my mind. <laughs> Why is he come forward in open play and everyone just completely ignores him? Because there's three Livingston players in the box, and none of them anywhere, anywhere near him. Um, and yeah. it just shows the confidence that was going through the Inverness team at that point. And uh, the boys who made the trip up, that little young team, that they looked like they were having the time of their lives when they were when they were celebrating and and uh, and fair play. But what pff, Livingston? They're, they're, maybe they'll never make the quarterfinals of a cup ever again, and it'll purely be you're going to be top six, and that'll be the best you'll ever get. Yes, this this, this was this was their time, and uh, they have mm. um, they 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 they've made a mistake. The draws opened up as well. There's enough lower league teams here that you can really hit a semi. Anyone could really hit a semi or a final here. But if, well, absolutely. If they get a bit of yeah. luck, so uh, I think Martindale will be really, really frustrated with that because again, you could you could really top off a season. Livingston could easily finish fifth in a Scottish Cup semi final or a Scottish Cup final, and that's really really hitting sort of like the peak of what. They could possibly achieve so it's a, it's a massively missed opportunity but you and I'll stick with you give me another oh give me a loser uh, I'll give you your favourite loser in the Scottish football this season Mark Berghetti oh yes now we're talking <laughs> <laughs> you're a special subject uh he ends up facing the wrong direction as he's <laughs> trying to punch a ball at safety uh, I mean it's again that's you know, Kobarnik. They, I really think they can only score that kind of goal, yeah. which is an Armstrong cross into the box and one of the big lumps manages to to knock into the net. And um, whether that be one of the center forward lumps or one of the center half lumps, you know, that's pretty much it. That's the only Lumpy way they can team. score. Yeah, and uh, and they've managed to uh, concede 
Uh, again, it looked like the balance of play, well, Dundee United maybe had a decent enough wee spell just at the start of the second half, but otherwise hadn't really done anything. And then, yeah, they could just concede a goal. Kelly didn't have to do that much else to, to, oh, uh, a, to win the game. But, it was a really, 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 really poor game. Yeah, I was drifting yeah, in and out of it. I it was one of those games, you know, you just can't concentrate. You can't stick with it because it's just too bad. Like yeah. when you're hitting like, it was half an hour till anything happened. And that's just impossible if you're sitting by yourself. Like, today, uh, yeah. like I'm just going to, I'm going to play with my phone is what I'm going to do. And I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, but a midfield two off Blair Alston and Brad Lyons is oh. not how you'd want to spend your Saturday oh, afternoon. Yeah. And <laughs> even worse for the United fans who paid their money to spend their afternoon to watch Brad Lyons and Blair Alston. Uh, and being a winning side against their shit on the United side. Uh, we, we did, but we, we had this really small period with Birgitti there, which I, I, was, mm. I remember I was close. I was very close to going on the television. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I was seconds away. I had it written. Oofed. I had it written down to, to do it, to go and do a little section on Mark Birgitti because uh, well, the, well, the show was off. He had like really good form, uh, but then he dropped a clanger straight away. Uh, in the game just before we went on air and I was delighted that I never made the mistake because then since then obviously the, the Celtic game was um, where he gets himself all in a tangle and now he's back yeah. again and it just if they go down if they go down on the United not replacing Birgitte will be the, there's a lot of things going on there but that would be the simplest way not to go down with have been yeah. signing pretty much any other goalkeeper if you've got a team with it, just sort of you know, that sort of fragile confidence and that has quite has you know a lot of off days, you know, the performance probably less than some of his parts, at least going forward. You cannot have a guy that just chucks one in most weeks in goals. Because that's how you that's how you lose games. <laughs> and and they're that's that, that's what they've got. It's just it's a joke that they've not replaced uh, Bergetti. And in fact, you know, got rid of his only competition, who who was probably worse than right enough than Ericsson. But um, but it's it's a remarkable blind spot that they've had. I mean, you don't know what's happened in January because obviously they only signed the boy uh, Ayina, who looks terrible um, as well. Uh, I mean, he was trying to get sent off to me. I thought both of his yellow cards. Were all uh, they weren't, but they were almost reds. I thought both. No, of them. the I, second, I, I, the second one was just a, a, a nothing. It was, a, it was late. It was a yellow. But yeah, it was a yeah, but, uh, yeah, but it was just. So, but it's a it soul, so as you would say. It's a, it's a red. Ca- yeah. It's a, it, it's a foul that Rangers fans want a red card when it happens yeah, against Ray, exactly. Ryan Kent. I, I, I do, I do, and uh, <laughs> but it was, it was just, it was so intentional, and it's like, you, but you're on. It's almost like a, a red card for stupidity. Should have just been a straight red because like you're on a yellow card, mate. You can't just boot somebody, even if it's not with that much force. Um, so no, it, it wasn't a red card, but it was just it was just like there was such a yellow card that it was it was almost red. Um, but yeah, he's he does not look uh, like he can play professional football yet. Um, at least, and and that's a, that's a concern from your only January signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, there. But I don't know if there's if there's a goalkeeper, maybe free agent that they could sign. I mean, they they need to do something with the uh, with the goalkeeping situation. I think, and uh, you know, if they're just letting it linger, then I think there's every chance. At the moment, you would say, uh, well, I think you'd say the United will be second bottom, mother will bottom. The biggest, the biggest issue with Dundee United is the fact that the goalkeeping issue is not their biggest problem. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I would. I would argue their uh, defence, uh, the lack of defensive midfielder and the lack of striking depth 
and having Liam Fox in the dugout are mm-hmm. um, oh, oh, issues. equally, yeah. or if not worse, uh, worse issues. Because to... Fox is starting to look, it's starting to look worse for Fox because he did get, he got a little boost with them, and they had a bit of form, and now they look sort of, they've so everyone thought that he was out his depth, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, oh, maybe, maybe he's getting something out of these guys. And then it's just totally, totally falling apart. And I think I get where, where Ewan is coming from, is that it's really getting hard to think that it's not just going to be done to United and Motherwell. And mm-hmm. it just seems mm-hmm. so ridiculous that those two teams in a league of shit, just like last season, that teams of that size can't manage to put a squad together to stay in this league. Just seems absolutely bizarre. Because like, not, not just a team, squad, just eleven competent players. Aye, because like Kilmarnock, that team's like the Kilmarnock squad's the worst. That is like it's mm. the, the least talent in it, uh, mm. but they're able to like at least just as you would say, at least they've got something they can create a goal through something, and then they can remain solid and they can be rigid, and it's not going to be pretty, but they can do that. Uh, but they can't, you can't even just get some sort of competence from from Motherwell and Dundee United. So I. Fuck them. Mm. Unlucky. Next team. Joel, give me a winner. A winner. Just we we, we may as well just um, move do, do this quickly. I thought um winner was Kelly's squad. Derek McInnes changed it. He uh, he made some um made some surprising changes. Uh, looking at it, I mentioned Brad Lyons and Blair Olsen. He put uh, Liam Polworth, who's Liam Polworth and uh, uh like we had Polworth, Donnelly, Power, uh, Donnelly and Polworth have been decent as a partnership recently. Um, left, they were on the bench, um, and uh, Ash Taylor wasn't playing, but they they were competent enough. Vassell looks, I mean, not the greatest striker, but a handful. Um, he looks and more just, mobile than Dodge, obviously. Yes, yes, um, yes. Tony, I think I could shoot you in both your legs, and you'd be more mobile <laughs> than, uh, than than Dodge. Uh, but no, it's it kind of just goes back to what you said. That they don't have they don't have a great squad, but McInnes is probably getting extracting the most out of it, helped by the Dan Danny Armstrong having the season of his life, uh, and getting to two well potentially could get to two semi-finals and if they stay up that's a really really good season. Unbelievable with that group of players, yeah. absolutely like dumbfounded. It's- I was I was looking at the, the out of contract players. I think they've got about two, I think they've got two first team players signed up for next season. So this is it's like so key for McInnes to um, keep Kelly in the league, and then they can get to the summer and they can just have a massive clear out and just go right. Let's fucking start again and build God. build a God a team squad. of bricks, an absolute Brexit team that he'll build. Um, first off, mm. but I suppose oh, he'll yes, like these, that. The, the the Scottish Shondish. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You in loser, 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 loser. Uh, th- John Beaton in okay. the uh, the Aaron Elgin game. I, I mean, I'm always slightly reluctant to uh, criticise a referee when there aren't really good camera angles uh, of the a decision, and they might have had a better view than than the camera shows. But I'm just going to do it in this case anyway. Um, I don't think I was ever a penalty for the for Ayers, uh second goal, which you know, really that 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 ended the game as a as a contest. Uh, it, I mean, it just uh, you couldn't see any fill there, and and Akinyemi just sort of goes down. Apparently, um, Ross Draper, who, who gave it away, was was saying in the the press journal that the the far side assistant told him that he didn't think it was a penalty, and he would have probably had a better view. 
than the, the speak the beaten. up, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could have said that to, uh, <laughs> to the referee. Anyway, um, I mean, if if so, Ross if yeah. if, uh, if Ross Draper is shouting at me, I am telling him anything he wants to hear. <laughs> so there could have been an element of that, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, pretty harsh on on Elgin who. I think well, uh, our, our very own Duncan McKay was at the game, and uh, he was certainly of the view that Elgin should have won it in, in normal time. And I think that was uh, sort of borne out by the by the highlights. Uh, Kane Hester took his goal exceptionally well. That was a that was a really good old fashioned cup tie goal. That yes, goalkeeper puts up, uh, flick on header, wee striker runs on and, and scores. Lovely. Uh, so that, that that was great. But um, I think Darren McCarty had a really good. Well, it was a decent enough shot he got away in the end, but he really could have squared it to to Hester uh, at one point in the second half, and that might have been uh, that might have been game over. Um, but uh, but yeah, it looked like it, it was sort of a, a fitness thing ultimately. Probably as the as the game went into extra time, obviously air equalised just at the right at the end, and uh, yeah, it was just what uh, once the, the sort of dodgy penalty was given, air just sort of ran away with it. Nakanyemi sort. of Turned on the slow at that point, but um, but yeah, it didn't look like air played played all that well. But um, but yeah, I think it's is a Falkirk here in the next round. I think I'm right. Yep, yep, yeah. So I mean, what a chance that is for for one of those to, teams to get to the semi final. Um, it's a uh, you know, remarkable, but um, uh, the way the draws worked out. But uh, but yeah, I, I, air maybe don't <laughs> on the basis of that performance probably don't deserve to be a Scottish Cup semi finals, but they've got every chance now. You would think. I mean, Inverness have got a great chance to get into a Cup semi final, and they certainly don't deserve it. They shouldn't even be in it. Yes, indeed. So. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a good uh, um, pop quiz question at some point. You, know, who was the the first team to win this? Uh, Scottish Cup while losing a game I presume that would be Cal Thistle in this uh, this season if that was to happen um, but uh, but no it's uh, yeah they were they were very unfortunate I think in, over the piece Elgin Joel give me a winner from the Hearts game that's Hearts that you want to tell me go oh uh, I was actually going to give you a loser from the Hearts game but okay, the winner batter in I thought just thought there'd be some sort of positivity coming I mean you've been mm-hmm. cock-a-hoop this year Joel so <laughs> Yes, I know. Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll start on. I'll start on the negativity, just because it's more. It, it's more disappointment. Alan Forrest, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's regressed somewhat. Mm-hmm. He was. Uh, I thought he was. I thought he was or was it just great. a purple patch last season, Joel? Potentially, potentially, he does. Um, he did really well in the championship with Air. He did uh, like he's he's made steps up League One, Championship, Premiership, and he's he, he's had spells. But I just thought he'd be a, a really productive player uh, who'd suit uh, us in the Premiership Premiership games when we had Europe. And he st- he started off quite well. He did that. He was getting goals and he was getting assists. But recently. Uh, he just doesn't seem all that fancied when he's it's hard he's been getting cameos here here and there and it's been uh, difficult for him to have an impact in the game even when he started he's not had a strong influence and then oh, perhaps loser given to, uh, calling him a loser in this game was a bit harsh considering Robbie Nielsen brought him on at centre mid uh, because George Grant uh, who was uh, our best player uh, it was one of his uh, better performances uh, in a hard shot. It was really encouraging. Uh, he helped us control the game against, I mean, against Aki, so you're expected to control the game, but he was the one who was um, helping control the game, but also getting the ball into the final third. He went off and then Nielsen decided to bring, despite having Cami Devlin and Kiwon, uh, played Alan Forrest in centre field and he was lost. Uh, so much so that it was like five 
10 minutes later, Nielsen was like, shit, I need to sort this. We lost all control of the game and yeah. had to bring Cami Devlin on and move Forrest elsewhere. And it was it was shaping up to be one of the worst substitute appearances I can remember for Hearts. Uh, and then he played a key role in the the second goal. So we can let him off, but no, it's been... We'll let him off, but he's a loser. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. it's, been, it's, it's, it's been a disappointment, it's been a disappointment, uh, disappointing in the last few months for, uh, for for Mr. Forrest after an encouraging start and after being a signing I thought would be really, um, a, a really smart piece of business. Just always, just always get that feeling the minute you sign someone for Livingston that it's just going to be shit. It doesn't matter <laughs> what the context is. I don't care what their history is. When that signing was made by Hearts, I was like, he'll just be rubbish. <laughs> and, and yeah, he is. Make any sense? I, I, I get that feeling when we sign anyone from a Scottish, Scottish Premiership team, side who's done half decent. Aye. It does. It always seems that, because it's always what your fans want you to do. And it's fair. Don't get me wrong. I'm never, I get, but I do think there's, um, there's, there's a jump in expectations and I think how you're treated. So I think mentality is probably the big reason when people move from, one of the smaller clubs in the league to Hibs, Hearts and Aberdeen is just like, whether we deserve it or not, I think there's an expectation of them to be sort of good right away. And if they're mm. not, I feel like those those groups of fans turn on them really, really quite fast and then they will. And then they end up going back to wherever they came from on loan. Um, right, we've only got a couple of minutes left. So Ewan... Something from the Celtic game. What you you can choose the angle here. Uh, well, I suppose it has to be positive um, for Celtic. Rio Atati, just best player in Scotland. He is. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. came on and just showed that again. Unfortunately, um, if we're going to find a negative angle, which why not? Uh, David Turnbull is he just not going to make it at Celtic? I I think. He, I mean, it's, it's probably the area of the team that there's most competition for at Celtic at the moment. Um, you know, given guys like Sir Matt O'Reilly, as, as good as he is, can't can't get to the um, the first eleven at the moment. I, I just don't think Turnbull suits Celtic um, under Postecoglou, and it, I wonder if it. I mean, it could be the outlasts uh, Postecoglou, which I would love. Uh, I would love Postecoglou to disappear as soon as possible, um, but failing that, I, I, and you know, and Turnbull might, you know, if the team was set up in a slightly different way, maybe, maybe would suit it. And you know, I think he does have the ability to play for Celtic, but it's just he's having quite a few. I mean, he's still scoring goals, but that's pretty much all he's doing. And I think the play's breaking down a fair bit when he's got on the ball. So, so yeah, I, um, I do wonder if if he. Is maybe not long for for Celtic, but um, but yeah, you're you're really clutching at straws to try and find any kind of negativity yeah. here in Celtic at the moment. Which, yeah. which I, I'll, I'll continue to clutch at those straws, but uh, with uh, there's not much to go on. Um, and yeah, I suppose we'll get. I mean, it's it's a very positive um, weekend for him. If just uh, it's injured. It's just their fucking depth. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Eh? Was it all five? All five? <laughs> Every sub came on, either scored or got an assist. Yeah, so it was like it was yeah. Kyogo went off injured early on, and they bring Leal Abad on, and I, I, I think Abad is a brilliant player. Uh, I know, yeah. I, I can understand why Postecoglou is so keen to play Maeda, and Maeda uh, has has his qualities, but I just think Abad is so productive, so efficient. Uh, mm. You see him come on, I think he got two assists, maybe he he scores, he he creates chances, and when you're bringing him off the bench, and then you've got your new. 
X million pound striker coming off the bench and scoring. You've got Rio Hattati and Matt O'Reilly coming off the bench. It is, <laughs> uh, it is, and he, yeah. even if Celtic didn't play well over the ple- uh, over the piece, um, it's just it's just mental. What chance you got of your Samirani and you think you're doing well, your game plan's working, you've got an hour into the match, <laughs> and then you turn around and then it's like, oh, they're now bringing on all the better players. Or, <laughs> yeah. or, yeah. Or, we so demoralising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, and where yeah. do you go from there? And then, they're so fresh, they can get in your face right away. They'll be keen to, to play for half an hour. And it has just got to the stage now where it's uh, I don't I don't care to say that. It. it just doesn't feel fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's credit to Celtic that they managed to get to the stage where it just doesn't I, I I don't I don't look at their team sheet before it happens. I don't look to see who they've got in injuries, because it doesn't fucking matter. I'm not going to get excited by it. And if, if Postacoglu ever tried to tell me that he picks players based on the type of game they're going to play in our managers when they rotate, or I pick the 11 for this specific game, he doesn't. He just fucking picks them at, at random. <laughs> he makes changes at random because he completely can and I'm not. that's not a criticism. It's just that you'll never have to think, hmm, would maybe a badder be a better bet against St Mirren? Or should I go with that? It doesn't fucking matter, mate. You're going to win comfortably. <laughs> It, it, it's, and it's, yeah, it's the fact they've got rid of all the players who you'd think if they did make loads of changes and they're playing against you, like Eddie Gucci and <laughs> um, Ayeti and uh, Sorrow, those type of players. Oh, if they're playing, we might yeah. have a chance. Nah. They're all Fuck gone. You. They're all gone, you ain't. So there's yeah. going to be a long way back for Eddie the Rangers in, in no, any competition. Not. All right. Yeah. Um, but I think we've covered every match there. Have we done no, that? Falkirk. We stayed to watch Falkirk and we didn't. See- oh, for crying <laughs> out loud. <laughs> they were brilliant. Keep it going, right? Okay, what was good? What was good? What was good, Joel? Go. Uh, I, I really enjoyed their attacking play. They were really dangerous on the break. They were really enjoyable to watch. Uh, really fluid. Nesbitt. Nesbitt Henderson. Brilliant. Brilliant. Henderson as well like Morrison and Kenny they just run into defenders the way they open up space and exploit it uh, they're really good I, I've, I've watched them this season already against Partick Thistle in the flesh and it was one of the most enjoyable performances I've seen from a team and uh, they're just when they click they're just such a good team to watch under Mag- uh, McGlynn the counter attacking was unreal there it really was yeah. they were ruthless and they could have they could have won by more and then when you think about it that the Falkirk performance against Darvel, yes Darvel 6 sixth tier and all that but they I think it showed the levels that they can reach and the problems that they can pose and pose and you think they're in a quarter final against Air United Air United have not been have not hit the heights of earlier in the season obviously struggled against Elgin lost to Queen's Park recently they're a wee bit further behind in the league that this is a Falkirk team who are probably best set up to get into the championship um, since the last three or four years they've got a really good manager in there they've got uh, a lot of talent they play with a lot of energy and you think in that quarter final they could play air and easily get the success to get them into a Scottish Cup semi-final which I know uh, Falkirk aren't a popular team around Terrace Towers but it's something that you'd imagine the Falkirk fans deserve after the yeah. the, the shit they've had to go through mm. on and off the field over the last few years I joined, joined Ricky Foster at the end of the, the game because his Falkirk players were celebrating and he was like oh this is a bit much I'm like well they just made the Scottish Cup <laughs> quarterfinals man as <laughs> a, a league yeah, one and, and a game where it was built up that there was only one team <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you can't have it both ways. You can't then you can't have everyone doing the 
well, it's not that much of a fairy tale for Darville if they beat if they beat Aberdeen because they signed some players that played in League One before, and then if Falkirk go and absolutely hump them five one, then tell everyone they need to calm down because they're playing a six tier team. You can't fucking win. Everyone just wants to be miserable. But Aberdeen are the biggest losers of this weekend, by the way. I mean, Aberdeen getting knocked out by sixth year Darville, lest we forget, and uh, they could have had Falkirk at home, and then United. Uh, uh, and then they would have been in a Scottish Cup semi-final, despite being absolutely horrendous. They, you know, they should have easily got to a Scottish Cup semi-final. Um, but, uh, but sadly, they they could beat by sixth-tier Darvel. Just sorry, just a complete tangent, just a very quick one. You said, "Lest we forget you," and it reminded me over the weekend I saw someone who had a "Lest we forget" tattoo on their arse cheek. <laughs> well, he's not going to forget job? anytime soon. <laughs> How do you see that, Joe? How do you see the man's arsehole? It was, um, it was the, the gym, and uh, bent oh. over. He, he, was, he was wearing shorts or a wee bit. Uh, they, they didn't fit him properly. Really, really, really high shorts with a less. Wow, that is no, no. The, the, the shorts, the shorts kept sliding down. Oh. <laughs> well, he's, at least he's losing weight for the gym. Uh, yeah. Let's well, forget that's the point of going to the gym. So, uh, that I mean, Very how respectful. much? Are you honouring the the war dead if you have a tattoo on your arse? Yeah, it, it, it does seem um, a, a bit of a cheek. <laughs> ah, no pun intended. Um, the pun was very much intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, I think we'll stop it here. We've done a whistle top tour, um, mm. but we do have Patreon going on. We're not actually going to do it, but Joel, you... We're talking to Mr. Thwillis about the sacking of Stevie Hamill, is it? What's, give us the gist. Entice us. Yes, so bas- basically I think it is around um, it is around 35 minutes, uh, of which I must speak for about two minutes, and it's 33 minutes of Graham getting a lot of stuff off his chest. It is up now on the Patreon, Graham Talks. Uh, so can I ask him about um, how he's feeling about the decision, obviously losing a club, uh, a legend, how it got to this position, what went wrong. Obviously, Motherwell started pretty well under Steve, uh, Stevie Hamill. Saw them up at Aberdeen earlier in the season and they were fantastic. Uh, they uh, were fantastic against Hearts, yet lost 3-0. They beat Ross County 5-0. Ever since then, they have been absolutely humpty. So yeah, we kind of just pick apart all the poor decisions made by Motherwell over the last couple of, well, last 12 to 18 months and or just no, just 12 months uh, going back to Alexander, the recruitment, the appointment of Stevie Hamill uh, yeah, so we, um, we 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 delve into Motherwell and conclude by talking about their chances of survival. Graham Graham still retains some hope. I don't. Good, good. Glad to hear there's still some hope because that makes it sweeter when that evaporates. Uh, and the show <laughs> and the show has now evaporated as well. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, you and say goodbye. Goodbye. Joel, say goodbye. Adios. There we go. That's not what I said, but okay. And uh, there we go. All killer, no filler tonight. As some 41 once said, they also said your mum should have had an abortion. Good night. (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network.